This is the Legacy Lineup. I'm your host, Ren Lawwell. My co-host, Jimmy Barnett, is not with me this week, so I'm going solo here for my first uh, time ever, I guess. But the good news is I have the goat of <laughs> elementary education with me today, Mr. Mike Shoemate. Do you know what goat means? Do you know that acronym? What does goat actually mean? That means the greatest of all time. <laughs> and you are the greatest of all time in terms oh, of elementary education. <laughs> So thank you, first of all, Mike, for joining me today. Um, you know, I know that we've talked about doing this for a little while now. I couldn't pass up the opportunity, Rand. Yeah. I'm, lo- I'm really looking forward to it. This is, this is one that I was really excited for um, because you and I have a special connection, I think. Um, and just to kind of go into that a little bit, so was it about 12 years now ago Probably. that you uh, invited me to do uh, girls basketball on the radio with you? And yep. Been doing it ever since together and um, have formed a, a bond there and it's been a lot of good times we've had on the road and, and, and at home and got to call a lot of exciting games. And, you know, that's kind of how our, our bonds. I mean, obviously I had you as a principal when I was in elementary, but here I am now uh, interviewing you on my podcast. <laughs> so uh, so what I kind of want to do is just kind of go through, you know, your story. Sure. Um, I know I've had the opportunity to talk to you, obviously, multiple times over the years, and you've given me little snippets Okay. Of stories of you know growing up and you know where you where you grew up and all that kind of stuff. But let's talk about you. Um, okay. So I know you grew up in Portsmouth. You want to kind of expand on that a little bit? Portsmouth, Ohio. Um, of course, I know you went to Shawnee State, so you're kind of aware a little bit of Portsmouth. Yeah. Um, home away from home. If you're familiar with Portsmouth, there's a railroad track that runs right through the middle of town. And everyone south of the railroad track are the river rats, and everyone north of the railroad tracks are the hilltoppers. Of course, I was a river rat. I mean, I lived about as south as you could live. I actually lived one block from Spartan Stadium, you know. Yeah. Um, And uh, grew up, uh, mom and dad both worked hard. I mean, they were hardworking. We didn't have a lot, but, uh, man, they... They gave me anything and everything I wanted. My my dad was actually a very, very good athlete. Um, he's in the Portsmouth High School Hall of Fame, was a phenomenal basketball player. Actually got a scholarship um, to play college basketball. And, uh, of course, you know, small town boy. Um, right. You know, I, I, I don't think he made it. I think he made it maybe a quarter. And he just... He came where, back. Where did he go to college? I believe he went to Ohio State. Wow. Yeah. Did not know that. Yeah, very good. Very good. Uh, the old two-hand set shot. Yeah. Um, my dad refereed football. He umpired baseball. Um, he played softball. He played both slow pitch and fast pitch softball. And, uh, you know, he took me with him all the time. They were in tournaments just about every weekend. They had a very, very good team. Um, B&B loans, what they were called. Um, And my dad, he shared with me his love of sports and his, maybe some of his abilities. I mean, yeah. um, I mean, when I was young, I could play. I could flat out play. And was it basketball? Was that your favorite? Basketball is probably my favorite, but I also played football as a quarterback in peewee football. Um, moved to a receiver in junior high football, um, played a little bit of varsity football, um, a little bit. Uh, yeah. I, I had a back 
I had a lower back strain, a back problem, and I ended up having surgery my sophomore year. Hmm. Um, but um, mainly football, basketball, baseball. Yeah. Um, played a lot, a lot of baseball. Had a coach in my life named Daryl Donnelly that was a fun. He was a fantastic coach. Uh, had him for four years of little league, and then a couple years of senior league, and. Uh, just a, a great, great coach. He really worked on the fundamentals and uh, did a great job. So my lot, my early childhood life basically revolved around sports. Yeah, siblings uh, play with you as well. I had a, I had one older sister. She's four years older than I am. Um, so not really. Yeah, um, she was more of a girly girl. Um, you know, you know yeah. how that goes. Oh yeah, for sure. Um. But, I mean, unfortunately, and, and once again, basketball is probably my favorite. My dad coached me, which can be great and can be terrible. It's tough. Um, we played, uh, it was called Bantam League Basketball in Portsmouth. Great, great youth league back then. We played at McKinley Junior High up on uh, uh, Kenny's Lane. Um, and um, on Saturday mornings, um, um, I was on civic form. Uh, that was the name of our team. Uh, my dad was a coach. And I say it can be great, and I say it can be bad, because if things didn't go the way dad wanted it to, my weekends were yeah. rough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And mom would get upset. <laughs> you know, she would, because she doesn't feel that, you know, you should bring that home. And, you know, I was a young kid, and I was very small. I think when I was 12 years old, I was probably five foot tall at the most. Um, but uh, once again, dad taught me how to, you know, and, and just fundamentals. You know, and it all started out with dribbling the basketball. Right. Being able to dribble with both hands and, you know. Um, and, and he taught me that dribbling is something you can developed by yourself you don't need anyone else around you know and I know I probably drove my mother crazy in the kitchen dribbling the basketball up in my bedroom dribbling the basketball you like uh pistol um, Pete just dribbling yeah, everywhere you go yeah. yeah and I liked pistol Pete uh, yeah growing up I really did so um, get your competitiveness from your dad as well I think so I mean you're a pretty competitive guy even with the radio I, I mean, think so when you know when lady tigers are struggling you're you're pretty competitive in that nature yeah. that that aspect, so. I think so. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I'm not going to say my mother was uh, an absolute angel either because I remember one time at a Bantam League basketball game, the referee stopped the game, looked up at my mom, took his whistle off, and held it up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want a referee, ma'am? Yeah. That was kind of embarrassing. But, uh, you know, at 12 years old, uh, and, and once again, there's a point to what I'm going to say. I'm not, no, take not going to brag on myself, but there, and here I'm going to get to the point. But when I was 12 years old, I scored 30 points in a basketball game. I mean, I could score, I could play, I could score. Um, unfortunately, as I moved into the high school years, um, I got caught up in the times. Yeah. 
The 70s. The 70s. The long hair, the party atmosphere. I mean, seriously, I did. And, and I've told this story, uh, actually, I've told this story to a group of graduating D.A.R.E. students at Wheelersburg. And I've also told this story to numerous times to uh, prison ministry, to prisoners down at RCI. 12 years old, scored 30 points in a game. Senior year, scored one point the whole season. Now, what does that tell you? Something's getting in the way. Yes. 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 And, you know, I think, oh, man, it really upset my dad. I mean, it did. It did. Because, you know, he could just see me. um, Saw your potential. Yeah. What I was, yeah. He knew the potential I had, and he could just see me wasting it. And, you know... As a teacher, that's one thing. When we see potential in students and we feel they're not working up to their potential, we're hard on them. Right. You know? We are. Yeah. We're hard on them. Yeah. But uh, it, it was sad. I mean, junior high, uh, Portsmouth once again, Grant Junior High is in the southern end, all the poor people, and McKinley Junior High's. In the north end where, you know, and actually, and I just told this story last week. It was kind of funny. Um, Portsmouth High School, we were the Grant Generals, okay? Portsmouth High School gave us some old uniforms. They were powder blue, um, silky, but they said Trojans on them. We weren't the Grant Trojans. We were the Grant Generals, but it didn't bother us. You know, we we thought we were cool, you know. Yeah. Um, McKinley was our big rivalry. I'll never forget. Um, we went out, took the court at McKinley, and we all put bells in our shoes. The coach about had a fit. Um, but we all had bells on our shoes. Of course, we had to go back in and take them off. But uh, Yeah. You know. They, that's uh, not separated like that anymore, right? They don't have Grant and McKinley anymore. It's no, all Portsmouth no. now. Oh yeah, and if have you, I don't know if you've seen their school system, Portsmouth High School, brand new high oh, school. Oh yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, Portsmouth Elementary, Portsmouth Middle School. Uh, I think they call it the Coliseum. The Coliseum, oh, yeah, the football my stadium. Goodness. It's, oh, it's my immaculate. Goodness. Yes, yes. We watched several games there when we were at Shawnee State. It's yeah. a beautiful place. It really is, really is. But you know, my dad, he always told me that when you were young in Portsmouth, if you wanted to work. There was no problem whatsoever. You could find a job. I mean, you had the railroad, you had the brickyards, you had, there was a steel mill. I mean, yeah. shoe factories, industry, and it's all just kind of dried up. And it's still the same as it probably you know? was back then. Yeah. I yeah. mean, the, especially those uh, industrial places, they're probably yeah. the same as they were when you were a kid. Yeah. Um, but all that industry on the Ohio River, I mean, obviously, it's all dried it was a booming up. place, but yeah, yeah now it's kind of run down a little bit. I mean, uh, the A plant, at least we called it the A plant, which yep. is um, Martin Marietta, I think they call it the prison and school systems. I mean, uh, the Scioto County school system, I think there's 13 different schools that make up that county school system. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's basically my childhood. Um, like I said, I, I lost my way. Yeah. And I regret. So, you know, if anyone out there is listening, don't have regrets. 
Right. You're only young once. Yeah. You know, you're only young. You can never go backwards. Right. You can never make yourself younger. You move forward in life. You get older year after year after year, and you can never go back. So don't have regrets. It was a fun time for me, I'll be honest. I had lots and lots and lots of fun, but I have regrets also because I do feel I had some potential. And yeah. I just didn't. I think that's one of the hardest lessons to learn, especially when you're that age, because I'm, I, mean, I remember my parents telling me, put more work in when you're that young, you know, and I just, as a teenager, I just kind of just pushed it aside and didn't do, yeah. because it was just, you know, I don't know if it was because it was easier or what, but um, that's, that's a lesson that you learn after for sure, because I've, I've felt the same yeah. About the same in my life as well. Um, so after uh, high school, go to college, you go to OU. I went to OSU. OSU. I went to Ohio State, fresh out of high school, which if you're not ready, you know, if you're not <laughs> mentally prepared, then you're wasting your time and you're wasting your money. I spent five quarters at Ohio, at Ohio State University. Had a great, great time. Um, lived in the dorms. Um, and just once again, did not apply myself. Yeah. Um, and I will never forget pulling up in front of the house with my car loaded. Um, mom's out there crying. He's home. He's home. <laughs> Dad's out there looking at me. His arms are folded and he says, you won't go to college anymore. You're paying for it from here on out. So, you know, um, I just didn't, once again, I wasn't ready. Yeah. I wasn't ready. And, you know, I think everyone needs to go out. I think every high school graduate needs to go out to the um, the factories. Right. Yeah, that's a good, <laughs> good point. <laughs> and spend a year. Yeah. You know, spend a summer working in the factories. And, and I think you'll realize real quick... Uh, there's more to life than this. I don't know that I want to do this for the rest of my life. But at that point, once again, uh, graduated high school by the skin of my teeth, basically. High school was easy. Right. I mean, let's be realistic. It I, is. I, I never remember studying in high school whatsoever. When you go to college, you need to put in the time. Yeah. You do. And I wasn't willing to do that. Um, so I came back home. I mean, like I said, mom was tickled to death. Dad wasn't. And came back home and really went through some decent jobs. Uh, I uh, joined the Painters Union, um, which and actually I went through a painters, um, like apprenticeship program. Also got into the laborers union. Um, was working some construction jobs. Um down around Manchester, the power plants down there at Manchester, making, yeah. working seven days a week, 12 hours a day, making really, really good money. But once again, I just, I don't know. There was something else. You weren't there was, fulfilled. There was something missing. Yeah. There really was. Um, there was something missing. And uh, I'll never forget... Um, there was a, and I don't know how I got involved in this, but there was a church. Um, what do you call it when they have uh, revival? It wasn't a revival. It was camp for the kids. Oh, okay, yeah. 
and a buddy was in charge of doing the activities, you know, the physical education activities with the kids. He asked me if I'd help. I said, sure. And it opened my eyes. I mean, it was phenomenal uh, working with those kids and... Um, it was great. I mean, it yeah. was, I cannot tell you. It was great. Um, so I got back in, went to Shawnee, started going back to Shawnee State. Then I transferred to Ohio University and got in the elementary education program. Um, did some volunteer phys ed work at one of the elementary schools in Portsmouth, Roosevelt Elementary, which was actually the school that I ended up doing my uh, student teaching at. Um and it was a phenomenal, phenomenal experience. Um, never subbed a day in my life. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I was hired um, Northwest. I went to North. I was at McDermott Northwest. Yep. Was, um, and at the time, McDermott Northwest was consisted of four different elementary schools. You had Morgan Elementary School, Otway Elementary School, Union Elementary School, and McDermott Elementary School. Once again, nowadays, they've all, all consolidated. Yep. Yes, it is all one. Went in there as a 7th and 8th grade boys basketball coach. Also coached some uh, junior high football at the time and junior high track at the time. So I really went in there. I was single. Went in there and really got my feet wet in coaching and really, really enjoyed the coaching aspect of it. i got to be honest, Morgan Elementary, very similar to Buckskin Elementary extremely small we only had one of every grade we had one kindergarten one first grade one second grade one third grade we had a nice big field out there that you know we played in um the gym was the tiniest thing there were no bleachers there were chairs around the floor um no bleachers whatsoever um and I mean, those of you that have been in Buckskin Gym, it's it's tiny. Same. I yeah. I can't believe they played high school basketball in there, but right. they did, yeah. and they were very very good. Yeah. Um. But, and really, kind of had some success. I mean, we we won the county one year. Um, we beat Wheelersburg. I mean, psh. which if you know anything about that area, oh my, goodness. Wheelersburg's the powerhouse oh, of Sayre County. Oh my goodness! So. We beat them on our floor. Um, um, but we did win the county one year. And once again, we had some success. I had some kids that were hungry. They were hungry. They would come. I lived 30 miles. I lived in Portsmouth. Morgan Elementary is about 30 miles away. So, um, snow days would come. They would call me and say, coach, come in, open the gym up. Mom and dad will bring me over. We want to shoot. We want to play. They would come in before school. Um, I mean, they were hungry, and they were a good, good, good group of kids, liked each other, played well as a team. The principal was a, a former high school coach. Jim Arnold was his name, and, uh, you know, he kind of mentored me a little bit basketball-wise, um, but I really got the coaching bug. I did. Yeah. I uh, really, really enjoyed that time. My mom and dad would come to all my games. Um, while I was at Morgan Elementary, I started dating Debbie, um, and, um, we ended up getting married, actually, 
And uh, I remember they had a baby shower, so we also, I think they gave us a, um, I can't remember, but they had a baby shower, so, yeah, you know. But was, she, was, was she working there? Or was she working? No, she worked at uh, Southern Ohio Memorial Center. She okay. worked at the hospital. Actually, it was Mercy Hospital at the yeah. time. Is it, there used to be two hospitals in Portsmouth. Uh, and she worked at Mercy Hospital. Um, she worked in the laboratory. Mm. Um, but um, once again, I kind of got the, I kind of got the bug. Um, I also coached some freshman basketball while at Northwest. Uh, under a coach by the name of Don Gibson. Um, and I also coached some freshman football and varsity assistant. Um, never went above the uh, junior high track, but really developed a love for track. Uh, track's a neat sport. It is. It is a neat sport. And once again, those some of those same athletes that that I had in basketball who were hungry, you know, participated in football and track also so you know um but it was a it was a great great situation um uh i really got my feet wet teaching and and learning about teaching uh jim arnold retired and uh, a little old lady by the name i can't say little old lady but uh a little lady by name of um, Betty Platzer came in, and she was the kindest, gentlest, you know, person. And and I learned from that. I really did. I learned how to treat people. I learned how to treat student children. I learned how to treat adults. Um, I really did. It was it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. I haven't seen Betty. She is still alive. Um, every year, every single year since my teaching at Morgan Elementary, the last day before Christmas break, I always get all of our staff together and we all kind of get in a big circle and sing Silent Night. We sing one verse of Silent Night before we break for Christmas break. And I'll never forget, and I, I usually tell the teachers, my first, when Betty was there at Morgan Elementary, I'll never forget. All the kids rode a bus. You know how you know how it is. Oh yeah. Around Christmas break, time. oh yeah. You know how the kids are. Everybody's at. trying to get out of there. And uh, the kids all went out, and got on the bus, and we all came in, and there was a Christmas tree down there, and it just happened stance. It wasn't planned. We all came and we walked down to the Christmas tree, and we were just kind of looking at it, and we were just kind of. This is going to be a nice break. And then we sang Silent Night. And that's something that has stuck stuck with me forever and ever. Yeah. You know, it really has. Um, and you still do, the, do that to this day? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome. Absolutely. Um, was it Northwest for about eight years? Uh, I made a fatal mistake. <laughs> I went to one of the opposing elementary schools, you oh. know, in and in the in Northwest the district. district. Yes, yeah. yes, uh, and uh, coach basketball, and uh, of course, you know, you go back to Morgan Elementary and you coach against Morgan Elementary, and and let me tell you, once you leave a place, 
they still love you, but they never treat you the same. Right. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but they never treat you exactly the same. They still love you. I mean, you're still the same person, but you left. Right. You know? I I, I don't I haven't experienced that, but yeah. I've seen that happen with others. Yeah. Especially yeah. around here, you know, yeah. going back and forth between districts. So Yeah. I just imagine that being like a courthouse trace thing, like going back and forth between those districts. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of ashamed to admit this. Uh, you know, I was a varsity assistant football coach. Uh, I loved the head coach. I loved the assistant coaches. You know, we were really a, a cohesive group. Um, the Board of Education kind of got involved in – we had senior day. I mean, what high school doesn't have senior day? Right. Seniors got to pick someone. and to you know, They yeah. laid down head to head. The other person had the ball. You blow the whistle. They jump up and they hit them. Right. Yes. Yes. I had that. We all had it. Right. We all had it. Well, the board got involved and said, you know, you cannot do that drill. Um, and, you know, we thought, we didn't feel it was inhumane in any way. It was kind of a tradition, you know. Right. Um, so we kind of put our heads together and we thought, you know, if we let the board tell us what drills we can do in practice. So we went as a group the morning of the last game and turned in our resignation as football coaches. Um, we did coach the last game. Um, uh, so we all decided, let's go to college and get our principal certificates. So there was a whole group of us, five or six of us. Every Friday night, we would pile in somebody's car or somebody's van. We would drive from Portsmouth to Rio Grande. University of Dayton held classes up there every Friday night from like six to ten. And then Saturday from like 9 to 3 or 9 to 4. And this was, once again, this was every weekend. Um, so we went through the program and, you know, got our principal certificates. Um, the head football coach was actually the first person to get a job. And he was the assistant middle school principal at Minford Middle School. He left and went to Wheelersburg as the principal. So I followed him to Minford Middle School. I was hired as the assistant principal at Minford Middle School. Spent one year there. And let me tell you, wow. That year we had a boys and girls eighth graders that were phenomenal. They were undefeated in every single sport for the entire year. I mean, it, it, once in a lifetime thing. Right. Uh, it was a great, great experience. Worked for a guy named Jerry Ruark. Um, and it was a great experience. It really was. Um, um, but I only spent one year there. We had a board member by the name of Fred Brisker. Fred used to coach football at McLean High School. I've heard, yeah, um, I've heard the name. <laughs> yeah, you haven't heard any Fred Brisker stories because there's plenty of them out there. No stories, uh, whatever his name Football coach-wise. Okay. Um, he was the president of the Board of Education. He came to me and he said, uh, I used to teach at Greenfield-McLean High School. He said, they're looking for an elementary principal. 
He said it's a good district, good town, good people. Why don't you go interview? You know, and there was a part of me that thought, wait a second. Is the board is the president of the Board of Education <laughs> trying to get rid of me? Yeah. Or does he see something in me and he's trying to guide me? So I decided, okay, I'll go interview. And I came up and interviewed. And once again, uh, you know, Greenfield and Portsmouth. Uh, Portsmouth's almost New York City compared to Greenfield. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, but let me tell you, I'll never forget. I interviewed and then they gave me a tour of the campus and walking around in, in the colonnades and walking around in high school with all the statues and the marble staircase and all the art. I thought, I'd really like to be a part of this. I mean, there was, a, there was something welling up inside of me. There really was. Yeah. I'd never been to a place like this or experienced a place like this. To make a long story short, I did not get the job, okay? Um, did not get the job. A week later, the superintendent at Greenfield called me and said, I have another job. It's a middle school job, middle school principal. Hank Thompson was retiring. Did you have Hank? No, I don't think so. Um, Hank Thompson was retiring. So I came back up. My wife came with me. Um, Actually, she she drove up here one time on a Sunday afternoon just to kind of get a feel for the... And, you know, after that, she said, you know, I have a good feeling about the town. Yeah. You know. Um, so I did accept the position as middle school principal. And actually, it was the first year. They went from Greenfield Elementary. Remember, that was the elementary building. Right, yeah. And, and that was the first year that they brought in the 6th, 7th, and 8th graders from Buckskin, Rainsboro, and Greenfield Elementary together. Um, and it was Greenfield Middle School. Um, did eight years. Um, loved it. I mean, lots of energy. Lots of... It's fun to relate to middle school kids. That age level, it is so fun to relate to them. Um, I get, I, every day I just, I, there was so much energy that, but there was also this stress factor. I mean, you know, you would think, ah, I've got them whipped into shape and boom, there'd be a fight. Yeah. Boom, somebody'd be smoking in the bathroom. Boom, this would, you know, it, it was just a daily thing. I mean, that's middle school kids. Yeah. You know? Uh, Back then, we could still paddle, so I paddled a lot of people, uh, suspended a lot of people. Um, you know, I felt like I was a, a new guy coming in, a young guy, new guy coming in. I kind of needed to let people know that. Set a tone. Know, yeah. 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 Um, and to this day, to this day, I still mm -hmm. see people that I had in school that I may have suspended in school that it might, I may have paddled in school and uh, they're very respectful I mean very respectful they are yeah they really are um, so I spent eight years at green at 
we called it Greenfield Middle School. Actually, we were a junior high. I mean, we, we weren't doing middle school concepts, but um, it was a great, great time for me. Um, and uh, the principal at Buckskin uh, was leaving. They were having some problems. There was a female principal at Buckskin, and they were having some problems, and she left, and they came to me and said, would you go out there for a year? You know, just to kind of calm things down a little bit. And I'll be honest with you, um, I went and have never left. Yeah. Never left. Um, it's probably been one of the most positive experiences of my life. And that was in 2000. So it's been, I've been there 21 years now. Um, the people, the staff, the parents, the students, I mean... You know, when I was at the middle school, people would talk about buckskin and say, oh, you know, there's something special about, about buckskin. I'd say, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. But once you experience it, there is something special about it. There yeah. really is. Yeah. It's hard to describe. But there's a vibe out there. There's an attitude out there. The teachers love kids. They love what they're doing. Um, they do their job. You know, uh, and I've just, over my 21 years, I've been so impressed with the students, so impressed with the staff, so impressed with um, the parents, um, hardworking people, Yeah. you know, who truly care about their kids. Um, you know, once again, I actually, I came to Greenfield and I said, oh, it'll look good on my resume. I can go back home. I considered Portsmouth home. And uh, that was in 1992, and Greenfield's my home. Right. I will be buried in South Salem Cemetery someday. Um, that place has, it's been some of the greatest times of my life. I, it really has. I. It's hard to explain. I've, you know, I've had some of the best times of my life there as well. You know, just yeah. going there as a student, it, it really is a special place. I mean, it's you can't been, explain it. You can't explain it. You have to. I think. I think you're. It. You're on. You, it is the people, though. I mean, it's it's the staff. I agree. I agree. And you know, uh, you, you worry because, you know, we had some very vital staff members retire. Some. And you know. Talk about goats of teaching. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Miss Brady. Yeah. Ms. Speakman. Yeah. 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 Miss Brown. Miss Brown. Um, yeah. Yes. And uh, you think, you know, can I replace them? Can I replace them? Um, and I don't think you ever replace them. Right. But I think you truly, and, and I think one of the most important things you ever do as a principal is try to select the right person for the job. And sometimes at Buckskin, I think you have to look at, do they fit in? You know, do they fit in? Um, because it's such a cohesive unit. It's such a family unit that, you know, I don't know. I, I could go on and on and on and on about buckskin. It's, it's been one of the greatest times of my life. That's, and I know I've said that. Um, and I know I've kind of led this conversation. In no, time, yeah. so. that's, that's the point of this podcast is okay. let you talk about you. Um, so obviously you went from teaching to, to becoming a principal. So 
for people that, you know, maybe want to pursue a similar career path to you to get into, you know, elementary education administration, what would be some of the most um, important advice that you would have to offer them? I know you said select the right people, um, but, but what else aside from that would you say is, is an important uh, thing to remember when you're wanting to get into elementary education as far as administration goes? How have you, and how have you kept that culture, you know, so strong for, what is it now, 20 years? Big 20, it's been 21 years. 21 yes. years, yeah. Um, I think you have to be firm, fair, and consistent. I don't think you can be wishy-washy. I think they need, they have to know what your expectations, I think the students need to know what your expectations are, and I think your teachers need to know. And I, I have to be honest with you, um, I kind of have this philosophy with teachers, you know what to do, go do your job. And if you do your if you do your job, you know that's fantastic. It's when you don't do your job that then I have to get involved and and maybe not be a real nice person. Yeah, you know. Um, but I'm telling you that firm, fair, and consistent. I think that's the three very very important traits. Um, you don't want to be their friend. You'd much rather be respected any day by students and staff than to them think, oh, you know, that's my buddy, that's my friend. Right. You really would. Um, and respect is something that I think as a person you have to earn. It's never given to you. You have to earn it. Um, what else? I mean, I think just from an outsider's perspective, looking at you as a person, like, the one thing that I notice about you above, you know, probably any other person that I know is you're always positive every single day, especially when I was a student, you know, you, you see you walking down the hallways, you're always positive every single day. And I think you radiate that and people kind of pick that up Thank and you. run with it. I'm, I'm, I mean, you know, and I think your staff rides off that positivity and Thank you. the kids do as well. I mean, I, you're just, you're just that person. That's just I have always said when, whenever I reach a point where, I get up in the morning and I'm in the shower going, oh, man, I don't want to go to work. I don't want to go to work. Then I need to find another job because that's when you start hurting kids. Yeah. Uh, kids need my positivity. That might be the only positive they have in their life. They need it. Um, you know, and I got to be honest with you, um, the Lord is in my heart, and I think He shines a lot of that positivity. We've been doing a prayer group every Wednesday morning for 21 years at Buckskin Elementary. Rick Schloop started it when Rick was there. I participated in it. Rick uh, decided he no longer wanted to be a teacher. Excuse me, and uh, went on to Compassion International, and he's doing a phenomenal job there. And we've kept it going for 21 years. And I truly believe in the power of prayer. We pray, we pray for kids. We pray for parents. We pray for teachers. I mean, seriously, I truly, truly believe in the power of prayer. That's probably one of those other special things that, you know, keeps Bucks in the way that it is. It's kept it that way for so long. Um, I know you mentioned a lot of people along the way that have kind of been influential um, 
I don't want to, I guess I don't want to ask you to, to order them. Or is there anybody else that's been, I guess, a big influence in your life as far as it doesn't necessarily have to be your career path, but just in your life in general, is there, is there people that you haven't mentioned yet that have been uh, big impacts on your life? I mean, once again, um, I love my mother and father and my grandparents. Um, my dad died of Parkinson's disease and then my mother died of Alzheimer's. So, yeah. A little scary. Yeah. Um, a little scary. Uh... I know you mentioned uh, Mr. Brisker as a one, um, but anybody else on, on that path from Portsmouth to Greenfield that you kind of left out that you want to throw in there? There was a gentleman uh, and Brent Eaton's dad, John Eaton. Yeah. He was a, a, a an older administrator in Scioto County and kind of mentored us young administrators a little bit. Once again, I, I was only there for one year or so. And after John died, I went to Brent. Brent was still here at the time. And I said, I just, I think you need to know that your dad was very influential in us young administrators in Soda County. He really was. Um, I mean, I'd like to say, oh, my high school basketball coach, but uh, I'll be honest with you, I couldn't stand my high school basketball coach. And if there's anyone out there saying, well, then why did you play? Because I loved the game. Right. I loved the game. And I wasn't going to let um, – and, and those are petty things. Those are petty things. They really are. And kids today – and I tell, I tell people all the time, my dad was the type of person that if I said, oh, I quit – He'd have grabbed me by the nab of the neck. He would have drugged me there. He would have gone up to the coach and said, Coach, he's yours. Do whatever you want with him. My dad's rule was if you start something, you finish something. Yep. You know, uh, you finish. You don't quit. And and that's kind of stuck with me um, over the years. It really has. Um, influences. Wow. Otis, Otis, uh, Wagner, Otis Wagner. Yeah. The rock. <laughs> I'm serious. Was a teacher. I've heard, yeah. Was a teacher at the middle school. Um, and I watched him go through, uh, to a very t- tragic time in his life. And, uh, he showed me strength. And he showed me the love of the Lord, the love of Christ. And I didn't know the Lord at the time. But I'll never forget thinking and saying, I want some of that. I want what he has. Um, I, went, I had numerous, and this was kind of a neat thing. I had numerous assistant principals while I was at the middle school, J.R. Roush who I believe is teaching at Shawnee State now. He was at hmm. uh, Southern State for a while. Um, Kurt Joukowsky, um, who went on to be the superintendent at Westerville North, um, uh, passed away from cancer, unfortunately. Um, Tom Gibbs, who went on to be the, who is still the superintendent at Athens City Schools. Um Dennis Bouchon. Um, so, you know, I had some really neat experiences. 
And, you know, I was there eight years, and I just mentioned, what, four different assistant principals I went through. They went on and got other jobs. That's what assistant principals need to do. You're not meant to be assistant principal. You're meant to go into a position as an assistant or earn a position and then move on and get your own building and your own school, your own job. Uh, But, you know, I mentioned Otis Wagner. Um, Wow. We had a a guidance counselor named Paul Lombatis. You remember Mr. Lombatis? He was very uh, positive and very influential. Um. Who else? I don't know. That's okay. You've you named quite a few people. Um, so obviously I'm pretty fresh into education. Um, this is my fourth year now teaching. Um, but, I, I, you know, with your, all your experience and your perspective, like what do you think are the biggest changes you've seen in education as a field since you started to where it is now? Like what do you think are the biggest things you've noticed that have changed drastically or maybe just a little bit? That stick out to you. Education is so data driven right now. Yeah. So data driven. Um, and and I have to be honest with you. There's times that I take a step back and say, "What's wrong with my education?" I know all of my multiplication facts. I know every single one of them, <laughs> and I can remember them fifty some years later, where we have students that they just can't seem to master their multiplication facts. Of course, you know, we are in the era of accountability. Um, that's where the error test comes in, the state assessments come in. Um, you know, it's all about being accountable. Um, it's been difficult. I mean, it's been difficult. I've had a few um, very successful times. Um, And I've had many not very successful times. But one thing that I've really tried to always instill in my staff is we don't give up. And number one, we don't make excuses. I mean, we could sit and we were in a building leadership team yesterday morning, 730 in the morning. And uh, one of the state consultants who comes to all of our meetings, she said, it's just so refreshing to see where you're built. But she said no one was making any excuses. I mean, it, it was positive. It really was. Yeah. Um, I mean, we you know we now have teacher based teams. I mean, we meet and meet and meet and meet. We meet a lot. Teacher based teams, building leadership teams, district leadership teams. Um, and that's kind of what I've what I've noticed. You know, just from the early going is it's a lot of those committees and teams and stuff like that. Whereas just going back to what you said a little while ago, how you, how you manage your teachers in the building, as long as they're doing their job, you leave them alone. I mean, you let them do their job. Yes. And that's what I'm kind of seeing now, as far as, you know, just, just getting into the education is it's like, we always have to change something. We always have to, you know, see what's going on and change it. Even if it's working, we change it based on, you know, all the new technology we have. So I can see that continuing to change, you know, over the years. So, um. you know, we've became very computer literate. Oh yeah. Um, every student at Buckskin Elementary has access to a Chromebook every day. I mean, think of that. I would say every student in the Greenfield Exempted Village School District 
has access to a Chromebook every single day. You know, we've become very, very computer literate. You know, we take our error tests on our on computers nowadays. Um, you know, um, and, and I graduated what twelve years ago now, and uh, I think we had maybe four laptops in the entire high school when I was oh, in high school. I mean, and that's it, twelve years ago. I mean, it's not even that long ago. Every classroom has a smart board in it. We call them Promethean boards. That's just a type of smart board. Um, and if you don't have, have any idea what I'm talking about, a smart board, you hook it up to your computer. It's a big white board that is, do you have one in your oh, classroom? Basically like a giant TV screen. They're unbelievable. I know. They are unbelievable. I just, I just think back to, uh, <laughs> to Miss Brady writing on the chalkboard oh, yeah. and how much different that would be had she had a smart board. It'd yeah. just be wild. It's crazy yeah. to think about. But I will tell you, it's not always easy for us older veterans to make that paradigm shift, so to speak, you know, yeah. to change. Uh, and, you know, one of the things I see with teachers, you know, they have activities that they do every single year that they really have fun doing and that they really like doing. And we're at the point now where that may not fit into the Ohio learning standards. Um, right. The common core learning standards. Um, I'll be honest with you. I thought when we moved into common core, I thought this isn't going to be that big of a jump. It was a big jump. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Common core is tough. Rigorous. You know, that's a word. That, do you hear that word at, uh, at yeah. Great Oaks? Oh yeah. Rigor. Rigor. Um, and, you know, for students to be successful, um, they need to think. That's one difference I see today is, in a, and I see with air tests and I see with different assessments, it's not always how what the answer is. It's how did you get that answer? What process did you use to derive that? You know, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um you know, mathematics, for instance. Um, you know, when I look at the mathematics error test, and and oftentimes it isn't, can you add this number plus this number and get this answer? It's, how did you get this answer? Right. You know. It's, it's the same thing with the end of course test that they take in high school. I mean, it's the same process to, you know, find out what the answer is. Um, we're always trying to develop higher level thinking skills, move them up that hierarchy of. And I, and I understand that, but I think also to your point, um, you're kind of losing those basic fundamental skills as well when you're doing that. Yes. Yes. I mean, kids don't learn how to write curs in cursive anymore. That was yes. something that was required when I was in school. 10, like I said, 10, 12 years ago. And I talk to people about cursive all the time. And what I will say, I will take them in a classroom or I will take them anywhere and I'll say, show me cursive. It's, you don't hardly see cursive anywhere. And well, I, they need to be able to write their name. Well, then teach them how to write their name. Right, and, and that's the thing. So I've got high school kids that don't know how to sign their name. They write, just print yeah. their name Yeah. in high school. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it's sad to see, but that's kind of yep. the way education is going these days, I guess. So let's move on to something else off the topic of education. Okay. Uh, let's talk about your sports fandom. Okay. Let's talk about your Cleveland Browns. Hey, looking good. 
Looking good. Looking good. They are. They were very good uh, last year. Their running game is unbelievable. Kareem Hunt has really stepped up. Of course, um, Nick Chubb. Chubb is. Uh, I think Mayfield's growing, ironically, maturing and growing. Um, I'll be honest, coming out of college, I didn't think he was the right pick. Of course, you know, you saw the Cleveland Browns go through Timmy Couch and oh, yeah. uh, Brady Quinn. and you They know, had the uh, the jersey oh. with all the names that were listed. Oh, yeah. It went to the floor. Yeah. So. Um, I think Mayfield. It's coming I think into at, his end. I think at this point he is. And I think he's been surrounded with a very good offensive line, a very good running game, and very good receivers. What else could he want at this point? And they have a very good defense, too. They went out and got a bunch of guys this year for defense. Oh, my goodness. I mean, they have spent some money, you know, and I think the Browns need to look at – I think the Bengals need to look at that because I think the Bengals at times don't want to spend the money. And I love Joe Burrow. I love Joe Burrow, but I fear for his health. Right. I do. And I, just, I, I think that's a Cincinnati owner thing. Their, their baseball I do team too. doesn't want to spend the money either. I do either. too. Um, and I, you know, I watched the Chicago Bears beat up Joe Burrow. I mean, and then I watched the Browns beat up the Bears last week. Yeah. You know, um, so I think we had nine sacks. I think Justin Fields Miles had like. Miles Garrett had four and a half. Justin Fields had like one passing yard in that right. game. Uh, and I think it's so unfair to judge him on that game. Oh, yeah. And I think he is being judged on that. Yeah. Um, well, because they love to hate Ohio State, but that's a different topic. Um, yeah. So last year, Browns made the playoffs, um, mm-hmm. which over your lifetime hasn't happened very often. No, no. Uh, but I think this year they have a legitimate shot to, to make a little playoff run uh, with the team that they put together. I mean, I'll be honest with, with you, Ren. I think they should have beat Kansas City in the last AFC year. Championship last year. I really do. Yeah, they should. I think they had them beat. Yeah. Um, and I think they let it slip away, and I think they let it slip away the first game of the season this year at Kansas City also. They had the lead, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think they need to learn from that and build on that. Um, I don't know. Uh, they go to Minnesota tomorrow. Um, who knows? You know, at least at least you have something to be excited about. I think that's what you know. For a lot of my friends that are Browns fans, it's the same thing. Like, oh, they're so excited. Um, you know, some of them get a little arrogant at times. You know, with the with the we success, have no but, reason to get arrogant. But are you serious? Well, you know, no. you know how people get when they get competitive. No, it's just, we have no reason to be arrogant. But um, we yeah. just need to be happy. And also, every I get up every Sunday morning, put my Cleveland Browns shirt on, put my Cleveland Browns hat on. Uh, the Spectrum man came two Sundays ago and, you know, he said, have a good day. And I said, go Browns. And he goes, you know what? I've been to three houses this morning. Every house had brown shirts on. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's fun. You also have a uh, pretty deep love for Ohio State. Oh, that's probably my greatest love. You're wearing a Buckeyes hat and Buckeyes shirt oh, right that's now. that's probably my greatest love. Got a game coming up here at 3.30 today. Yeah. Um, just kind of explain that a little bit, your your passion for Ohio State sports, football, basketball, everything. I was raised as an Ohio State fan. I mean. Um, is that common down there? Or is it kind of Ohio State turf down there? I think the whole state of Ohio is Ohio State turf. Yeah, yeah. you got those Cincinnati people. That's that kind of how I look at it. The Cincinnati 
Cincinnati people want to kind of, you know, Buckeye State. You saw those shirts a few years ago with the uh-huh. UC logo in the middle. And I'll be honest with you. Um, I will cheer for any Ohio team. I will. Uh, UC plays Notre Dame today, I think. Go Bearcats. Yeah, Go game. Luke Fickle. I think Notre Dame's pretty strong. They are. I do. But I think uh, Cincinnati's pretty strong, too. It is at Notre Dame. Um, that concerns me a little bit. But Ohio State, I mean, uh, mom, dad. I yeah. Mean, and then to go to an Ohio State game, I think that's when you really get uh, sucked in, so to speak. The atmosphere is unbelievable. The tailgating is unbelievable to begin with. Yeah. And then the atmosphere, and then you go in the stadium and the band, and it's just a... It's an experience. It really is. And I have... I have given... I probably won't go to another game. Not because I don't want to, but I can't walk up all those steps. I can't walk from the parking lot, you know, to the stadium, and then, you know, I can't do it. Um, so I probably won't go to another game, but boy, I'll watch every single one of them on TV. Yeah. And I can't wait until today. Um, Michigan only beat Rutgers 20 to 13 last week. I think it was like 17 to nothing at halftime or something like that. Which makes me think Rutgers must be decent. They have a good defense. Um, Shiano, Greg Shiano, a former Ohio State coach, man, if, if if there's some motivation there for Rutgers, um, then what is, you know what I'm saying? Oh so, yeah, for sure. But all morning, uh, on my Saturday morning uh, radio show, I was talking about call Snooky, call the situation. There's going to be a smackdown on the, the <laughs> Jersey Shore today. <laughs> I was talking that all morning. I just said. Uh, I don't know. And I do think we're going to smack them. I think Ohio State's getting better. I hope so. I think they're young. And I think Travion Henderson is going to be phenomenal. I like the quarterback. Uh, I cannot believe anyone would say after the first game, we need another quarterback. I think he threw for 469 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, What else can he do? And he's a a redshirt freshman playing in his first game. And I'll be honest with you. I thought Oregon was good. They are pretty good, yeah. I did. Um, so what are, what are your expectations for the end of the season? Are you thinking playoffs? Or are you thinking playoffs? I don't know. There's, af- there's some tough games in the Big Ten this I'm year. I'm afraid Penn, we're going to lose another game. Yeah, Penn State, who's you know undefeated. It, it is at Columbus. That's You have uh, Maryland, who was undefeated until last night. I don't know if you watched that game last no. night. They got Who'd they play? Iowa beat the tar out of Iowa's last night. Iowa's good. It was a very uh, lopsided game last night. Iowa's very and good. And Iowa's probably who you're going to see in the Big Ten Championship. And that was probably at Iowa. It was, yeah. That's a or no, no, no. It was at Maryland. It was at wow. Maryland. Wow. Because Iowa like is a difficult to... place to play. It is. Oh, yeah. They got the, the Children's Hospital, which is yes. a really cool atmosphere yes. up there. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I'm on the same boat with you as far as the, this, this Buckeye team goes. I think, you know, it's a young quarterback. He's going he's gonna to go through some growing pains, but he's also – I mean, if you look at the stat sheet, he's filling that up, so that's not a concern. I think the biggest issue is the defense. The defense has been it's definitely pretty brutal. Issue. Pretty brutal. And I think Kerry Combs is taking most of the um, heat for that. And I honestly, I think Ryan Day's kind of 
demoted him, so to speak. Yeah, he has. I really do. As a play caller, he has. Yeah. I do. Um, it was 51-14 last night. I would be Maryland. And, I mean, defensively, we have to get some pressure on the quarterback. Our defensive line has to do a better job. Yeah. They do. And it's loaded. It's loaded, so there's no excuse. There is no excuse. Um, so moving on from from that, like I said in the opener, we've we've done radio together for about 12 years now, girls basketball for for McLean. Do you have any favorite games you can remember? Any any you know favorite players to watch? Anything that sticks out to you? I know early 2000s you had the Sarah Hall era. Uh, you were oh, doing man. it during those, and that was a fun time to go and watch. That was because she was you know electric as a player. I'll tell you what, McLean has been fortunate. They have. When you look at the number of very very good uh, female athletes, um, you know. You can go all the way back to Audrey Cook and then Sarah Hall. Um, uh, come on, help me out here. I mean, there's been there's been tons. Uh, Kate Hammond was very oh, good. Oh, she was. Um, uh, the little left-hander from Rainsboro. Chrissy Cobb. Chrissy Cobb was very good. Maddie Stegbauer more recently was very good. Yep. Taylor Polly. Yeah. I mean, there's been some talent. Shania Massey. There, there really has. Shania, Shania absolutely. Um, they always seem to have that player that you know sticks out, like a Shania or a Taylor Polly in yep. recent memory. Yeah. Uh, and then you had the team. I think it was two thousand nine that won districts, and it was it was really a team. You had Lindy Seeley and Evan Gabriel and that group. And I'll um, be honest with you, that is a very very memorable event. It was at the convo. Convo. Um, and we beat an undefeated. Unioto team, of course. They had lost their point guard. Cheyenne Ray. The Ray girl. They had lost their point guard. I'll never forget her laying on the floor at Adina in the uh, sectional finals, screaming. And it was it was a terrible sight. I mean, it really was. Yeah. Terrible. Um, you could have heard a pin drop. But they had uh, they had a big girl. She ended up going somewhere. That was Arledge. I think she went to Moorhead State. Arledge, yes, yes. Um, and that was probably one of, and it, it was so neat because we kicked her butt. Yeah, we did. It wasn't a fluke. It was not a fluke. We kicked her butt. And I don't know if you, have you ever done a game at the Convo? I, I don't think I have because that was the have, year before I started. You kind of have a little cubicle. Okay. Yeah. And after the game. All the players started coming up into the cubicle. We started interviewing any player that won. We we were probably on 30 or 40 minutes after the game. Yeah. I mean, it was fun. Back then it was Dave and Stephanie Lanning yeah. um, was helping. Um, but that was very memorable. Um, seems like we always had some knockdown, drag out games at Clinton Massey. At Clinton Massey. They had some talent, too. Very ragtag, rough games. Um, yeah, they had that Jordan Gamble girl who was very good. She they did. Went, she went Division One somewhere. They, they had did. the uh, Brackmeyer girl. She went Division One. Uh, so they had a lot of talent, too. Of course, we uh, we knocked off Courthouse um, down here. I, they may have been undefeated. We hit a shot from the corner. I can't remember who hit it. I think that was like 2011. And I interviewed 
their the coach AD. after the game. <laughs> I thought no, it was the AD. Yeah, it was their coach, and he oh, yeah. was very inappropriate. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, that's my opinion. I mean, if, you, if you're going to be interviewed on the radio, then you need to be professional. Yeah. You know, um, you really do. And he made some accusations and that McLean went out and picked two people off the street to officiate the game. And, you know, um, uh, of course, <laughs> Miami Trace. I mean, wow. It's, it's always a game. doesn't matter. It's, Miami it's Trace like the- brings out the best in McLean. McLean brings out the best in Miami Trace. And I'll be honest with you. I like the old gym, and I like sitting up there on the... The Panther Pit? Yes. Yeah. I liked where we broadcasted from. I did. We yeah. had that over, that top view looking down, and man, I mean, we've <laughs> had some great, great, great games up there. For sure. I just wonder. There's a part of me that's thinking, are they going to have a fall off? Because Ben has moved, um, I know Kayla has moved in and taken the position. There. And talk about talk about a rivalry. I mean, that's going to be a rivalry going forward. Jared and Kayla back and forth, you know. Um, so it's gonna it's gonna continue. I think you know both ways, tradition wise. You know, Miami Trace isn't gonna fall off too much. I wouldn't think. You know, they always have talent coming through there. So yeah. Uh, and I, I'm gonna talk to Jared actually next week on the podcast. Oh, I think. great. So we're going to get his perspective on the season, what he's got coming up. and I think he's excited. Yeah. I think he's got some some young kids that, you know, were got a little bit of playing time last year, but this year he's expecting a bigger role for them. So I think he's excited, and I think there's some players that he has did not really anticipate that could step up, that have stepped up. Yeah. Um, and I think we're going to see um, the prior girl, Peyton. I think – I don't think we're going to see her playing the – the post. four position or yeah. the five position with her back to the basket. I think she's going to come out on the perimeter, which that could really open up her game. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I think Van Zant, uh, of course, Iva Easter. Um, I think it's exciting. Yeah, it is. And in just in talking to Jared, I think he's very excited about it. I think the big question is, you know, are, are you going to be back with me this year? Um, we haven't really made that decision yet, I don't think. Jimmy is the possibility, but obviously I'd hate to break up our connection. I'd love to. I'd love to. I really would. Just know I can't I can't go in, carry the bag, go up bleachers, you oh, know. No. I just and and you know, uh we really I've kind of been dodging around this, but I have uh, something called peripheral neuropathy. I'm going to a, neuro- a neurologist right now. Hopefully we're going to he says there is no cure, but with the proper medication we could keep it from getting worse, but basically uh the nerves in my legs there's problem with them. I have numbness in my legs a lot. I've fallen a lot. Um, actually, you saw me fall. It may have been January 6th. Yeah. Probably the last game I did with you. I'm glad I didn't fall forward in the bleachers. I did fall backwards. Um, I've fallen down my steps down over here. I fell backwards. Uh, it's dangerous. Yeah. It's dangerous. I do carry, I have three different canes. I carry a cane. Uh, I try not to use it on, you know, your pride. <laughs> 
your pride gets in the way when, uh, you know, but the me going out and playing basketball or soccer or football with the kids at school, that's over. I mean, it's absolutely over, and I know that. Um, you know, there's times, it seems like the longer the day goes on, I start feeling a little stronger and a little better. Uh, early morning is probably the worst. Um, but I don't know. Um, but you said with the medication, they can kind of keep it under. That's what they think. And, and, and I did something that I didn't realize. I did a, a DNA test. You swab your cheeks, put it in and send it off. And a DNA test can let the doctor know what medications might work best for the makeup of your body. I mean, it's kind of neat. Yeah, I've never, I have never heard of that in my life. Never. It's interesting. Um, so, um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that turns out. Yeah, for sure. It really will. Um, do I want to give it up? No, no. And you, well, know, you I, don't, you don't have to worry about carrying anything. You know, I got you on that. Always. I, and I certainly I'll carry, will not I'll carry leave you, you high and dry. To. I'll carry you in there um, if I have to. But uh, I don't want to give it up. I really don't. I, yeah. I, I enjoy it too much. Um, I really do. And you need to realize, Ren, you're very good at it. I learned lots of things from you. No. Yes. I, when I started yes. this, I, you know, yeah, I was so nervous the first time. I remember the first game that I did with you was at Eastern Brown. I think it was 2010, 2011. That was a heck of a game. And it was a... Two overtime game. We were right down on the floor. We were that on the floor. That was a heck of a game. That was my first game with you, and Who'd, I was so nervous. Who'd McLean have back then? That was Courtney Heyer. Um, who else? Leslie Faulkner, maybe. I have Courtney Heyer's daughter and son at Buckskin. See? Just and like, I tell them all the time, your mother was a heck of a basketball player. She was. Do you remember at Clinton Massey when she got her eye black? Oh, yeah. Um. And, yeah. she, and I was very good friends with her brother in high school, so I, you know, I knew Courtney growing up, you know, the whole time. So yeah. she's always, you know, scrappy and competitive. And oh yeah, yeah. Another one of those players that you know keeps coming through the to the pipeline at, at McLean. So. And I think her daughter—I know she's involved in softball right now with her daughter. I'm sure that they're going to pick the basketball up. I'm oh, sure yeah. they're going to. For sure. But I, I've heard she's a pretty good softball player. I wouldn't doubt it. Um, yeah, but I remember that game at Eastern Brown. Yeah, that was quite. That a was game. the first game I had with you. And I was so nervous, but I've learned so much from you, and a lot of it comes from the car rides that we have on road trips. Absolutely, you know, just hearing your stories and you know listening to you and taking little things from that, uh, especially into my career in the field of education now, where I'm at. You know, I picked up so many things. You know, and you were talking about the principal that you had at Northwest, um, who really taught you how to treat people and how to. You she know, did. And that's kind of what you've been for me. She um, did. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate you. And I, I mentioned this on the episode that I kind of called you out a little bit on that. I was talking about, you know, my son and sports and that kind of stuff. That episode with Jimmy and I did previously, I think it was two episodes ago. Yeah. But you truly are one of the most genuine and, and you know, thoughtful, respectful people that I know. And, you know, I, I, I think I'm a better person because of, you know, spending time with you. Well, so. I appreciate that. And I think I'm a better person from spending time with you also. I really do. And I really appreciate you for coming on today. Um, you know, I know. My pleasure, man. 
this is one I was really excited about. And I'm, I'm glad that you got a chance to, you know, tell your story and hopefully, you know, we'll have people tune in and listen to it and take some things away from it like I have. So, um, but once again, Mike Shoemate, anything you want to say in closing, sir? I love y'all. I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this has been Mike Shoemate on the Legacy Lineup. Um, we'll be back next week with Jared Haynes. Make sure you, make sure you tune in.